back, welcome back to Fanboys and a Filthy Casual back at you once again. As usual, this is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. We are back to quarantining for our little group over here. Um, and, you know, thanks to the uh, the the um, Decepticon uh, Omicron <laughs> or whatever, uh, Omarian, whatever his name is, um, it seems like everybody and their mothers are getting sick. And so we are again back in our little cubby holes. Um, and, you know, I truly hope you enjoyed our episode last week. We don't know when we're going to be back together once again, but at least today we have something that as a group, we can, you know, kind of gather around our own homes and still talk about it. Of course, uh, t- this week, we're, you know, we are going to be talking about some of the TV shows that have popped up on streaming services the last couple of weeks, and we are so excited to talk about it. So um, let's start with Lewis. Lewis, um, which uh, TV show do you want to talk about first? Um, you know what? Let's, let's change paces a little bit. I know last time we had a great uh, freaking hour and a half long review of Spider-Man, so let's take a break from the Marvel Universe. We'll go back to that later on. So, uh, But let's first talk about one of the few shows that I honestly do. The three of us should probably take a lot of credit for being uh, ahead of the curve for once. Uh, let's talk about Cobra Kai Season 4. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, Season 4. Season 3 that finally dropped on Netflix on New Year's Eve. It, um, it, is, it is Season 4. Oh, 4, my best. My bad. Oh, yeah, you're right. Season oh my lord, dude. Um, season 4, you're right. Um, this is one of the few shows that the three of us, um, you know, the first two seasons were was streaming on YouTube. One of the first few YouTube original series uh, back in the days when um, YouTube was trying to get into original programming. I'm not sure if they're still into it, but... You know, in the last, uh, I think season nine, I think, I'm sorry, season three was picked up by Netflix. And that's when I think the rest of the world actually caught on and, and fell in love with the same series that we did. You know, at, uh, I think it's literally the beginning of our podcast is like when the first season dropped and we were like pleasantly surprised at how well and how well done um, that first season was, uh, uh, was, was made. So, yeah, uh, again, one of our few New Year's uh, Day's presents, I guess. Uh, Cobra Kai season four. Uh, so let's get into it. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, I'm. Uh, we're not the only ones who actually enjoyed it because, if that's the case, if we were the only ones who actually enjoyed the first two seasons, season three would have never been made. But I kind of do remember, um, you know, the moment it came on Netflix and people started watching it. It was like a big revelation to everybody how good the right. the, uh, <laughs> the series was. You know, it was like. And everybody and the mothers were starting to like, you know, I, you know, there's a, a tech, a, a tech, yeah, text tweets, uh, you know, uh, and do all these things talking about, hey, there's this new show. And we're like, what the hell? No, it's, it's, it's been, it's been there a while. Um, but it has been a journey, you know, um, considering the, the, the premise. And, you know, even though we enjoyed it, um, I still kind of remember kind of joking around about the premise, you know, how, you know, um, not that I was doubting it, but it, I guess there was doubt. Like, how can, you know, the Karate Kid sequel, basically, uh, how can it last um, longer than those, uh, you know, longer than one or two seasons? And pleasantly surprised that um, the, the fourth season has been, you know, um, I didn't binge it as quickly as the two of you. I think, weren't you guys done by like the, the by like January 1st or something like that? I was done at three o'clock on January first. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> um, not as bad, but uh, yes, uh, around the same uh, same realm. Yeah, dude. 
I was able, me, we were able to, to binge it pretty quickly, yeah. Yeah, it took me about a week or so, but I did finally watch it. And again, the, um, the, the words pleasantly surprised um, really does summarize it that, you know, is it the best show in the world? I, I don't know if it is, but it is enjoyable and fun enough that you um, it's so easy for you to binge and you kind of want more. You know, so um, I said we start with, um, I, you know, if, if you don't know the story, then I, I don't even know why you're listening to this. You should. Um, <laughs> you know, let, let's start with some highlights. What are some of the the, the themes and the character de- developments that, um, that 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 either took you uh, took you by surprise or you were, you know, you were happy about? And by the way, to everybody, spoiler, spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. How about you, H? What are some of the things? That stood out to you, um, uh, um, the first uh, ten episodes or the the ten episodes of season four. I think the, I I guess you know the most obvious thing is the introduction or reintroduction of Terry Silver back into the Cobra Kai universe, um, and it's funny that like some people even forget that Johnny and Terry never interacted because you know Johnny wasn't in uh. Uh, Karate Kid Three. Like he was not That's even. Right. He was hardly mentioned, but you know, I mean, he was still there. But like literally, him being introduced to him for the first time, it was so interesting to me. The cliffhanger of season three was like John Kreese calling. You know, he's like, "Oh, I need an old, I need help from an old friend." And anybody who had seen the the, the original series knew, you know, it's most likely going to be Terry Silver, the uh, pretty much the main villain in Karate Kid Three. And to have his introduction, him being introduced back into the the Karate Kid universe, the way he was, where it's like, oh, he's completely changed, and he's you know he's he's uh, 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 developed with the times, and he's now he's like a new person, and then you know being deep seated in in that guilt that John Kreese had literally been holding over him for his whole life, like he owes his whole life to him, and for him to turn it around and do exactly what he does to everybody in the season. It's, I thought it was the most fascinating thing about the whole season. Like it, it, it was just like anytime they brought up the Quicksilver method without mentioning the Quicksilver method, I was like, he did the thing. Like, you know, he did the man can't, man can't stand, he can't fight. Man can't see, he can't fight. And I was like, <laughs> the words of Terry Silver, you know, from the babe's mouth himself. And I was like, could slowly just seeing him you know just start turning into that you know turning into the, the the true villain of the whole thing and i was like it left me wanting more of terry silver so that's like the first thing that completely popped into my head about the whole thing i was gonna say i, I gotta agree with, uh, with h i think one of the, the more pleasant surprises is yeah the, the reintroduction of terry silver like it could have been another like cliched or it, it there's so many decisions that, that go into these shows and like um any one of them could have been really badly done or whatever like it could have been another john crease or another you know hard-ass uh sensei on these kids and he was the character was but i do love how he was introduced <clears throat> sorry reintroduced and how like the, the character's history was brought up and how yeah i mean uh jumping around in the plot but like how he basically out schemed uh you know crease at the end and taking over uh, cobra kai so it's really interesting how they pulled it off and um it's almost like i mean you know uh, he was only in one movie uh, uh terrace over i mean but um you know it was 
and not that he really needed any redemption or anything like that, but this was a great coming out for him. Like he was threateningly good, kind of not good. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Character-wise, but like he was, it was such a great foil for the rest of the characters, and it's almost like he was the next big bad, even uh, you know, sur- uh, surpassing Crease uh, in this one. So yeah, um, kudos to 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 the whole cast and and whatnot. But yeah, uh, this was really uh, Terry Silver's time to shine for this one, or for this. Uh, yeah, a few things about Terry Silver. One is um, of all the people that um, actually maintained. Like a, a, a semblance of um, fitness. Um, turned out the <laughs> old guy didn't because I really thought that um, he was a he was still a way better like a uh, martial artist than uh, Daniel Larusso um, in like yeah. the few scenes that you saw. Um, and I, you know, one of the things I love about Karate Kid is, you know, I guess you could call it reinterpretation of of canon you know like um how we're how one of my favorite parts about karate kid one or um cobra kai season one when um what's his name uh johnny kind of talks about his relationship with daniel larusso and he's able to do it in his own um lens and you you're you're like looking at it going oh my god you know it's this guy that uh you know it's a it's a random guy comes in you know, barging into a uh, relationship, and um, you know, and kind of, kind of just becomes this um, goofball that uh, a, that ends up like harassing Johnny and the the Cobra Kai kids, you know. And I love the fact that they were they didn't change anything. Like it was still, you know, one of my favorite parts about Terry Silver is how he talks about how you know how dumb he was that he was so coked up that he was. Um, Willing yes, to, absolutely. That, that he was willing to that he was willing to t- terrorize a 16 year old boy, you know, or like an 18 year old, boy, like a teenager. I was like, oh my god, that is so good. Which made his transition back to the Terry Silver that we know um, even so much more, you know, even so much more is so, so much better. That I mean, I'm guessing he's not in coke, and, and I'm guessing now it's just really who he is. And it, I think it's even better. So um, a good call on that, Harold. Um, you know, Terry Silver angle. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, one thing that stood out to me was um, I, I kind of I'm forgetting the kid's name, but the new kid that um, that they that they introduced. Um, who, Kenny. Is, oh yeah, Kenny. So you know, at at the beginning, you, you kind of see the the um, uh, I, you know you th- you you really at least for me uh, maybe I was naive. You know, it it seemed like the typical okay. This is gonna be the new Miyagi Do uh, kid because he's being bullied. He's being, uh, you know, he he was basically Daniel Larusso at the beginning of uh, the first movie. But uh, the twist that all of a sudden now Daniel Larusso's kid is the bully, and then yeah. this kid becomes the 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 catalyst uh, to to basically make um cobra kai um, just that much better um i i think the introduction of kenny definitely um, a nice addition to an ever-evolving and an ever-growing uh, group of uh characters in the cobra kai um series it was so funny to me that you basically forget that daniel larusso has another kid yeah, because he's always he's always just like in like the first couple of seasons, he's just like sitting and playing his tablet. You know, he's kind of chubby. You know, he never really interacted with anything like storyline wise. Like the one time was like when Johnny came into their house and he was like, hey, there's like a guy in our house. 
And like him seeing Johnny again, he was like, hey, isn't this a guy like tried to fight you at her own house kind of stuff? So it's like, Dennis makes a good point in that the great thing so far about this show is that you do get to see the older characters develop, but at the same time, there's so many new people that are just going to come into the universe. And then even what's great about this season in particular is it kind of like went back and goes, hey, do you remember those two people that you guys completely forgot about because they were not in part in like season three at all? both in Aisha and Stingray. It's like, everybody loved those guys. We didn't have any story for them in season three, but here they're back now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like how they, yeah, Aisha's return was kind of a pleasant surprise because you're right. Like it was, a, <clears throat> it was one of those glaring uh, misses or um, uh, holes, I guess, if you think of it. Yeah. Like, 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 oh, she was such a big part of the first season. And like, you know, she she did the whole wedgie thing, and she like one she was actually a, a great parallel and a great foil to you know the other uh, characters because yeah, at the essence, this this show is, has been about the bullies and the people who are being bullied and like how they their their roles evolve and all that good stuff. So seeing her again was a great surprise. Um, yes, then I do agree. Uh, Kenny's character was um a, a nice surprise. So I if he again like it was tr- it's true that Anthony I, I guess that's the character's name Anthony Larusso really did have nothing to do. In the first few seasons, so it is great that they they're kind of expanding the the roles in there, or, or at least that storyline. And the actor himself is actually really great. Um, what do you call it? Like it, it's so funny how the 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 students from the first few seasons, or not few seasons, first season, but um, you know, Robbie became kind of a mentor role already. So it's like in four seasons, we're able to kind of like see the progress of this one character go from like you know the 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 bully himself. He you know first season he was the one who's trying to scheme and get into the uh, Larusso life, uh, just so he can mess with his dad to becoming where he is now, where you kind of see. His perspective of like, does he want to be good? Does he want to be his, uh, you know, uh, does he want? Does he even like being Cobra Kai? Does he? Um, so it, it's kind of exciting and it's great writing, I guess, in, on their on their behalf. That like, yeah, you can keep us uh, guessing, like where their alignments are and where they're gonna fall at the end of uh, each season, each tournament, and and all that good stuff. Um, I, I guess one of the other best parts for me as well is gonna um, be the tournament. The fact that they stretched out the, the whole uh, I do love me a tournament arc um, so I do love the fact that they stretched out the tournament over two episodes um, you know uh, I, obviously we're already talking spoilers but um, yeah uh, Miguel's whole back thing at the at the um, end or not the end but uh, in the middle of the ninth episode like literally like it doesn't happen very often in my house but like a, a collective gasp all four of us like oh my god that oh my god but like we all gasped when miguel went down i was like oh my gosh this is how is this how his uh his character is gonna end like is he like what happened and it's not so like it's incredible to me that a show can still pull that off you know it's it's within its own canons it's playing by its own rules and it's you know showing respect to the characters and it was something that like it still played on the characters uh, or on the audience's heartstrings so yeah uh miguel as Part of me feels like he wasn't that involved in the season. Not, obviously, not as much as before. Um, but yeah, I, I still think like he, his progression, as well as uh, uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky, uh, Robbie's, um, yeah, a great character progression as well for for uh, both of them. You call him Ricky Robbie? <laughs> Ricky Robbie, exactly. <laughs> um, it, well, he's trying to please his dad, dude. Something that um, that Harold kind of pointed out during the chat is, and I never really realized. Um, was um, possibly maybe it's because 
it, you could clearly see in the uh, the show that he wasn't really practicing karate too much because uh, you know he kind of showed in his face that yeah. <laughs> it was not as chiseled as before. I, I don't know. Um, maybe playing Blue Beetle um, yeah. uh, re- required a lot of a uh, uh, you know CGI, so he didn't need to like work out or anything. But uh, you know, it it was clear that, uh, that some of the moves, like a lot of the moves that were impressive, really you know went to Hawk and uh, and, and to Robbie and hell even Kenny. You know what I mean? So um, I mean, clearly, uh, clearly, whether it's a story requirement. Um, or whether scheduling, I don't know why, but you're right. Um, Robbie definitely did not um, have that much of a, a time in the limelight there. Um, uh, one other thing that, um, that I wanted to get your input from is, um, what did you guys think of Eli slash Hawk's um, journey so far? You know, of all oh. the characters, you know, it seemed like, you know, aside from actually, no, I'm not going to say. I was going to say aside from Johnny and um, and and uh daniel because it seems like daniel and johnny are still stuck and they haven't really evolved of all the characters it really seems like eli um has been the one from compared to season one and every single year every single season there's always been a um, eli moment you know um that really stands out uh, what do you guys think of his journey um culminating as the winner of the um the all valley tournament at least for the boys section um, for me, it was kind of weird because the lack of confidence thing where all of a sudden right before the tournament, he was like, oh, I got to find my confidence. Like, dude, like, could you have done that like two episodes before? <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like it just it was so all of a sudden where it's like this, this is what's still like, like literally he's the best character in the show. And it was not sad, but it was like. I wish they had given him more time to progress where literally it was just like, um, yeah, I broke my best friend's arm last season and I was a bad guy up until the very last episode until I, you know, I found my ways again and it should have been more like he, him getting kicked out of Eagle Fang and then going over to Miyagi Do. Like I wish that, you know, the focus had just been like, you are arm like, if Miguel is the number one Cobra Fang guy or Eagle Fang guy, then you need to be the number one Miyagi Do guy, and let's focus all on you. Which it could have possibly been done, but instead, it was like you know they were just showing everybody else learning because everybody had to have their own spotlight. And then, so for me, it was kind of like him winning the tournament. Obviously, spoilers, but like um, also. Really quickly, you got to feel for Robbie because the dude's finished twice. Right. Second. <laughs> it's like, you've been the runner up twice, bro. Like, I, as someone who did tournaments, I don't know what that feels like because <laughs> it's either I placed first or completely last. Like, I was Ricky Bobby. But, like, um, but for, like, for Hawk, it was like, I mean, admittedly, the part where he got his uh, Mohawk chopped off, that should have been the catalyst for, like, the whole um, emotional roller coaster for him for the rest of the thing but it's like they kind of stuck it like they left that him in park for so long and then all of a sudden the last episode it's like oh you got to kick it into like fifth gear like right away so i liked it i just wish they had done it a little better way i get you on that one yeah dude um it, yeah it, it did feel like he he leveled up pretty quickly and yeah i mean yeah he was one of the bigger 
uh, I mean, main characters, obviously. So one of the like first uh, main characters, one of the first that like actually showed how big of a deal Cobra Kai can be. Like the whole Hawk transformation in season one was like a big deal, and yeah. So I, I, I mean, great for the character. I'm kind of glad that these, you know, him and Eli got a little bit of a, a couple of episodes to shine and show off their their range and their background and their history. So it, it's really great that they're fleshing it out. I mean, obviously, I guess it, it came at the cost of like, yeah. I mean. Now to think of it, I guess you're right. Like uh, Robbie and Miguel kind of didn't take a backseat. They didn't have any big, uh, you know, that they obviously had their own arcs, but you know, it, it wasn't like Miguel's whole recovery arc last season or his whole, for, you know, the for, the fact that the first two seasons all about, uh, by, uh, by, God, I was about to say Ricky Bobby again, uh, Robbie and uh, and Miguel's characters, but. You know, so I, I guess it, it was in due time that these uh, second secondary characters kind of got their uh, got to the forefront. Um, it was an interesting decision to yeah to give uh, Hawk the, cha- the 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 men the boys um, championship at all because uh, yeah I, I do feel bad bad for Robbie now I mean, he's he's getting all these um, uh, he's been there from the beginning and uh, still uh, can't quite get that cup uh, or that that trophy and. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel bad for the dude more than anything. Uh, and yeah, good for Hawk, I guess. And we'll see how that uh, plays into the next season. Uh, obviously, uh, if, you, if you've seen the series, you know that uh, at least one more season is, is, is coming. So yeah, interesting to see. And uh, kind of great that they the tournament got broken down into the skills competition and the men's uh, boys versus girls, or not versus girls, but uh, the boys and girls division. So it was great drama in that sense like i'm glad that they were able to stretch out the whole again the whole tournament arc uh and and kind of show off the different skills and abilities for all these kids and these actors so yeah it was cool i like that one it, it, it's weird uh, that's a good word for him because i really i have to tell you it came out of nowhere for me like the fact that they were and the, the, the fact that as harold put they kind of put um uh, in a um uh, hawks storyline on hold and it really felt, and I really thought that Dimitri was going to be that third person. You know, it seemed like yep. they were angling Dimitri to be the guy that was going to be the the men, the the male representative for for um, for Miyagido. Um, and you know, but then all of a sudden, you know, um, uh, Hawk comes out of nowhere. So uh, I agree, um, a lot of great progression. Um, you know, let's not forget. Um, you know, one of the, the the ones I was surprised with that they actually uh, did a lot with this season was Tori. You know, even Tori yeah. had um, uh, had a good, you know, uh, uh, again, it seemed like out of nowhere um, for me at least because it, it it seemed like at least they it, it was it, you could clearly see they will they were building on it. Um, especially when Amanda Larusso was, um, you know, I mean, wasn't that the first episode where like Amanda Larusso like kind of screwed her over from for a job and everything? Yeah, I, that's true. You're right. That's very early on, yeah. Yeah, and I really thought that they were going to do something with that, but the change in Tori, even though it, there was a change, it, it it felt like it 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 felt a little rushed for me. But um, the one thing, and I know uh, we, we've been talking about a lot of good things. The one thing, though, I have to tell you is um you know everybody has some sort of growth you know um hell even crease seems like he had some sort of growth in his own way you know um but the one person and one og that has not had any growth at all um is samantha <laughs> larusso dude like yep. actually let's 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 go in general any larusso aside from amanda larusso 
does not has not had any like growth in the four seasons that we've had and it it it, it was oh it seemed like they were poised to do it but in the end i don't know maybe i miss maybe i misunderstood the whole thing but in the end even though even though she was there at the you know she almost beat tori there was no redemption there was no growth there was nothing aside from yay i learned how to start doing cobra fang now or um uh, eagle fang that was her only character growth there was no emotional maturity there was no learning from her lessons you know Tori, if any if anything, Samantha degressed mm, yeah. because like, I mean, I understand. Okay. I understand the whole emotional, like Tori came into your house and attacked you and almost killed you twice in one season. Right. But like um, you literally make yourself the bad guy when she's like, Tori's, you know, trying to do her job and you're harassing her. Like when, you know, the, the fake stripper moment, yeah. And you know, her being the little <laughs> mermaid and like you know that she's just trying to work, but you're harassing her at her I mean, it's it's I, I, I get that they're supposed to be teenagers and that's something that a teenager would totally do. Like, you know, to you know, obviously if someone tried to kill me and I saw them at their job and they were doing something crappy, I might be inclined, but at the same time I know that that's a business thing, like you don't mess with people's like like personal business stuff this is because you never know what kind of struggle they're going behind there but yeah her whole thing where like dennis said the only thing is she just learned to train with miguel for like two episodes and then like you really like if you really just look at the whole if you just take season four as a whole you would think that she's the villain the whole time instead yeah. of tori being the villain yep agreed yeah and- like the LaRussos in general, I don't know if it's an intentional thing. Maybe there's going to be at the end of season five, maybe there's going to be like a redemption for, for the LaRussos, but it, this, this season makes the LaRussos look like the worst parents ever. <laughs> Most privileged. I mean, and clueless parents. When, when Daniel's cousin comes in and does the whole like a uh, quick therapy session, I was like, well, Nailed it on the head on that one, bro. <laughs> of course, you don't pay attention to any of your kids. You guys are too busy doing your own things. And you know, that's just it, it's it's funny because it is a modern story where we can see that, like, you can obviously tell that that's something that does happen in a lot of uh, current uh, homes and uh, families at the moment. But you know, having to do the whole self reflection thing and being like, you know what, you're wrong. We're we we are doing it right the whole time. So um, that's on them. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be funny to see uh yeah, you're right. Uh then like maybe get the maybe the LaRussos will get a little um humility in the next season or two. Cause you're right, like maybe that that's the you know, at the end of the season, obviously, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, Cobra Kai wins. So that means if um uh, if they were to follow their word, um, you know, they're supposed to basically dissolve um you know, uh, uh, Eagle Fang and uh, and Miyagi Do because of because they lost. That was that was their that was their bet with Cobra Kai, and now they gotta you know that's that's the bet they gotta sleep in. Um, and you're right, like even for uh, Anthony, the the younger the younger brother in this, I, I'm trying to think if he actually had any redemption, um, or you know if he made up for any of his bullying from the early you know episodes. And part of me feels like it doesn't. Like I know that Kenny, you know, got his comeuppance or not comeuppance, but like you know he 
he kind of uh, give uh, gave Anthony a good whooping to- at the last episode or so. But um, it, part of me still wonders if he actually learned anything from that. You know, uh, Kenny's still going to be uh, Cobra Kai. He, it seems like he's actually kind of got like indoctrinated into like these LaRussos are horrible people. Therefore, I will stay Cobra Kai and, and fight them like tooth and nail till, you know, however many seasons they got left. Um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see, too, because, I mean, again, at the end of you know the season, yes, Cobra Kai wins. Uh, Miyagi-Do is to, you know, is to no longer teach or whatnot. And, you know, there's a, tra- there's a again, uh, every season ends with a, a wonderful teaser. But, uh, you know, Chosen is back you know, from season, from episode, uh, I'm sorry, from last season's quick uh, trip to, to Japan and from uh, Karate Kid episode, uh, part two. Uh, he is back and now, you know, um, uh, Daniel's recruited him to help. So part of me feels like, dude, I don't know if he learned anything. No. Like, you, you're like, dude, you guys lost. Like, um, you know, the whole thing was if 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 the Cobra Kai lost, I'm sure you would have been like, you know, no, you got to like break this, uh, you know, this, this dojo down. You're done. That's it. But like, look at Daniel. Like, I'm going to get another guy. I couldn't make it work with Johnny. We couldn't take him down with Johnny's help. Um, so I'm going to get chosen. I'm like, oh, OK. So <laughs> damn it, Daniel. <laughs> Like I don't know if uh, damn Daniel, <laughs> wow. You know what I gotta say? I gotta say, back, <laughs> literally the best thing about this season was all the montages, all the training montages were some of the best literal training montages I've ever seen in my life. Like uh, when not so much, uh, it's not as fun when you have. I mean, it's it's kind of funny to have Johnny learn Miyagi Do, but it's way better to have Daniel learning like Eagle Fang, and then. And Johnny training to the for the rematch fight was the funniest thing that the the show has ever produced. <laughs> um, him, you know, training with his Walkman, like backfisting uh, waves. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? He's like, he backfisted a wave, and then like you know pushing people off. I was like, dude, yeah. this is this is what the show like. This is initially what got me into the show was Johnny still living in the eighties, and then like you know. So it was just fun to, you know, relive those moments, just even just for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too. Like it was, if anything, I, I got, I got, I had a moment of self-reflection too. Cause I saw, I, I joke or, you know, I laugh at that fact too. Uh, that like, dude, this guy is so stuck in the eighties. That's hilarious. But then, um, you know, if anybody here has Spotify, you guys know that they do a, a rap at the end of the year. And of course my rap says, Oh, congratulations. Lewis. You've been, you've been listening to nineties R and B the most like, Huh. <laughs> so, so it's not Ario Speedwagon like uh, Johnny, but you know, Boys to Men is still in my rotation. So I'm like, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> you know, you know, it was a good, a great, a great scene for me. I mean, you know, seeing Johnny being jealous of the fact that Miguel was getting close to Daniel was was pretty classic oh, in, yeah. in general. But when he starts talking to Johnny, when Miguel starts talking to Johnny about Chicago, or like just the fact that like you know. Miguel and Daniel have a conversation about Chicago and he's like, Yeah, Peter Cetera. And it's like the theme song for Karate Kid 2 was by Peter Cetera. And like yeah. it's like, oh, they're living meta now. Like he knows that this is the theme song for his his adventures in Okinawa and kind of stuff. And then him bringing it up to Johnny and be like, Chicago, those pussies. And yeah. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I I, to, I felt you need like to edit that word. Sorry. I I I I felt like Johnny should have uh Johnny would have been a Chicago fan, I, I think, but I, I could be wrong, I guess. 
I mean, he's more of the like uh, the hair metal ballads, I'm guessing. But well, what what was the song that him and um, Daniel sings to um, in the car when they were doing the test drive? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, I I, I see the scene in my head, but I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I can't remember yeah. what the song. They, they, is right they did have. You're right. They did, they did have a, a sweet moment like that. To see, yeah, uh, and it, it was a ballad, and both yes. of them, both of them knew knew us. So, Again, I mean, you know, uh, I, I think I would like to say Johnny, um, uh, Johnny Lawrence would have been, you know, at least a, a handful of the uh, Chicago songs. Uh, definitely. Um, any last minute things before we give it our rating of uh, the fourth season of of uh, Cobra Kai? I think I, I liked Robbie's kind of story arc for this one, mm-hmm. more or less because you had him the fact that he actually learned from Daniel and learned that, you know, there is a balance between attacking and defending. And then that he has technically what the, the perfect um, karate form should be. And then it's like, like, like Dennis said, when he became, when he becomes the mentor, there's nothing Robbie does that's inherently evil. Like you, you would imagine him being the main Cobra Kai guy and then that's the, the arc that he should have, like, you know, he, he was supposed to have been. But it's like, that's why I was actually rooting for him to beat Miguel. Because it's like, dude, this guy, he has done nothing wrong. Like, there was nothing that anything that he had done. It's like, he did it, obviously, for he he missed out on a, on a father. He needed a father figure. The only place that was going to give him, like, a place to stay because he didn't have school anymore was going to be Cobra Kai. But he's going to, you know, not take too much to what they taught him in like his personality wise like or his his um beliefs so he stayed true to himself the whole time and it's like you had to commend him and i was like like as much as i wanted him to win in season one i wanted him to win even more in season four and not because he took his shirt off Yeah, that was uh, that was another hilarious moment of like I, I kind of for a moment I, I forgot that we were watching a, a Netflix show, not a Marvel movie, where where like you know the hero obligatory loses uh, loses a t-shirt. I'm like, damn. So I think yeah, it, whatever whatever regimen uh, Robbie's on, good for him. Uh, maybe he should slide his uh, trainer's number to uh, Miguel. Uh, but again, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll see we'll, we'll see uh, Miguel or uh, dude Harold. How do you pronounce this guy's name? Sochit. Uh, the actor's name. I think it's Joe. Joe. Damn it! I had it. Sholo <laughs> Merduena. There you go. That, that guy. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes uh, for for this next time around. Because obviously, it, they, it was funny how they kept. I mean, you kind of saw the you kind of saw his character uh, kind of straying away from the from the from the main stage. I'm not sure if it's a, them in preparation for him uh, to leave or to not leave per se, but like to do his own thing. And w- you know, we'll see how much uh, how much of Miguel's character is going to be around in season five. Uh, given that, yeah, they basically gave him um, a, a ticket out of the uh, out of the show uh, to go hunt for his like, dad. L- literally. Yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> but they didn't even give him a show. good. Yeah, they gave him a freaking Greyhound bus. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even let the guy fly home uh, or fly but, back. Because even I was thinking, I was like, oh, he's going to go find his dad, but he can't afford a plane. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, 
He's going to go, he's gonna go to Mission Hills and get in the Greyhound station and, and head home from there or head head back <laughs> from there. And it's going to be interesting because like, yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy how they, you know, the, the beginning of the season or at the end of the season three, we were given the the premise of like or the the uh, the possibility of like, oh, it's going to be this uh, this Uber dojo now that uh, Johnny and 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 um, and Daniel are together. And we did kind of get glimpses of that. And we saw how it could have played out, like how the students kind of excuse me, the students learn from both masters and how they were able to pull off their, their own little victories in, in their own little ways. But, um, you know, we, we, at, at the end of that, we never really got a super dojo versus Cobra Kai kind of thing. And I, I guess maybe breaking up is what, you know, caused Cobra Kai to win in the first place. And Cobra, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a surprise that Cobra Kai won the tournament and that they're going to stick around because, shoot, it's the name of the show. Like, you can't dissolve uh, Cobra Kai and still call the show Cobra Kai. And uh, as much as, as much fun as Eagle Fang is to say, and the fact that Eagles don't have fangs, um, you, you know, it, it's not called the Eagle Fang show. So um, kind of interesting to see or interested to see if, you know, if, if they're really going to send Johnny to Mexico or I'm sorry, I, I take it back. I don't know if if, if uh, Miguel's character is going to Mexico, but, um, you know, if they're really going to send uh, Johnny out to follow and chase Miguel, um, so yeah, it'll be like so. If is Daniel gonna stay home and, and you know fight the good fight with uh, with Chosen against Johnny or not Johnny? Um, against Terry Silver and with with uh, Johnny in or with John with John Kreese in the background or in jail or whatnot. And uh, yeah, so it, it, interesting premises that they reintroduced. Uh, fun that they shook up the the status quo. I mean, every season they shake the status quo more or less at the end of the season. So uh, it, kudos for the show for doing it one more time. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's all I really got. Just the end of the show. Yeah, as long as they're able to bring, uh, you know, if Johnny like joins the Bluth family to Mexico, uh, I think that'll that'll make a like really good, <laughs> really good like crossover. Just and uh, um, they they need a way, and then he's gonna be part of Army to uh, to, to be able to get in there. <laughs> Uh, before we end, um, I completely forgot because this is something that Harold pointed out. And when Harold mentioned it, I didn't know why. But uh, Harold, I do agree. I-, I want some of that Cobra Kai merch now, dude. Like, uh, oh yeah, dude, dude, dude. dude. <laughs> like, dude. I, I, as soon I, as I saw it, I was like, yep. Yeah, would have dropped Miyagi Do immediately, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm with that uh, that girl who was recruited and, and, and pulled the LeBron and, and changed last minute, dude. Because yeah, uh, Terry Silver knows how to market. Yeah, so good dude. for him. <laughs> Terry Silver is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's really why he's quick, got a house in Malibu, dude. <laughs> really quickly, I know this is kind of dorky and douchey, but like, um, the accuracy of the tournament this time was was really hit home to me, because first of all, not first of all, but like, um. Robbie loses like I could see Robbie's uh gi coming off like during the tournament because that's something that happens in every freaking karate tournament like you end up fighting you don't end up taking your shirt off because you know no one at least for me a chubby little Filipino kid doesn't want to you know do that but like when he was fighting I was like hey man you got to fix your gi bro and then it's like oh it's part of the storyline how they're going to do it and I was like oh you know it's something that I've seen so many times but the thing that made me crack up more was like Lewis pointed out, there was a forms competition. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who has won several forms competitions, <laughs> it brought such a smile to my face because I was like, Oh, all those times that I learned how to do weapons and do weird katas that they said never was going to amount to anything. It actually did. It got me freaking trophies. 
So like the, those kids that, you know, you say, oh, you didn't win the fighting trophy, which I, I only have one of those, but like still, I mean, I beat people. But like the fact that they <laughs> they really were like, there's more to karate than just like uh, fighting each other. And there's, you know, uh, a little culture behind it, you know, it's a forms thing. So our, our kata things kind of made sense and it kind of yeah. worked out for some people. So, you know, can't win them all. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see more of the uh, the eagle fang katas because uh, I would imagine there would be a lot of flapping of of arms just because you know, <laughs> like at, at a certain point, at a certain point, Johnny had to come up with like, okay, we need we need katas, guys. We can't use Cobra Kai. Um, yeah, and, and <laughs> also and Johnny doesn't. To, yeah. Johnny doesn't seem like a kata guy. <laughs> like, like in in my classes before, you'd be like, okay, this dude's not gonna do well in katas because he's more of a fighter. And then there are some people who are like hybrids and they can do both. But like Johnny Lawrence doesn't seem like the dude that's like, all right, guys. So what we're gonna do now is spend a whole hour learning how to do several kicks in succession, and then pretend that there's actually someone in front of you but you're really fighting in the dark. Kind of some weird shit. Like that's what I was always taught when I had to do katas. So, I mean, good for his classes and they ended up winning some kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah, I didn't have any faith in, I mean, I was expecting them to do more like lighting ice on fire like they did in season two. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. One more thing that I found hilarious was um, that when they did the introductions of the schools, they introduced three schools. Um, and then, but then, if you look at the tournament, there's at least like three other um, like uh, dojos. There's a lot competing. more schools, dude. <laughs> and like, man, and then, these these guys were not introduced at all. Like, no. not even in passing or anything. <laughs> so maybe they know. were introduced beforehand. Maybe. We don't know. Who knows? Well, um, I don't believe so. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think uh, we we need kind of need to move on to the next one. Um, Lou, why don't we um, do uh, go with our ratings here? Sounds good. So once again, if you're uh, new to our show or if you don't uh, remember how we do our ratings, we have uh, three pretty general categories for the worst of the worst. We call them El Terrible, uh, middle of the pack, fairly good, fairly you know not perfect. It's perfectly cromulent. And for the best of the best, we give it the Jeff Winger guarantee, meaning that we guarantee you will enjoy this movie show or streaming uh, 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 series. Oh, uh, one, so one, guess- one. Wait, oh, one ahead. quick addendum to our rating system, apparently, according to Dennis here. If it is the worst thing that we've ever seen and we would never want to watch it again, what do they get then? It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go, dude. Um, I hope but, I never come across that, but yes, that's yeah, great. <laughs> I, I'm going to go first. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Perfectly Cromulent because I really did enjoy the series. But the one thing and my one gripe of the show is that there's, you know, while every while, while there is growth, there's, they're still stuck and they can't seem to figure out how to get past the initial, um, you know, the initial conflict, which is Daniel versus Johnny. You know, um, every single season, there's always an episode where it seems like they're going to try to make up and they're going to try to get along. You know, I mean, you know, we had, um, you know, a drinking moment in the first season. We had the, mm-hmm. the alley moment during the third season. Um, you know, we had the Mexican restaurant uh, moment um, in the second season. 
and you know, in fourth season, it's again, it's it seems like it's leading there. They're they're starting to get together, they're starting to get along, but they the 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 writers can't seem to figure out how to. And maybe that's a thing. Maybe they feel like once once there's a closure, maybe that's going to be the ending of Cobra Kai, and uh, you know. Uh, which I truly hope not. I, I don't think we should ever do that, you know. Uh, like, uh, but they they seem they can't seem to get past that conflict. And until they do so, I, I can't give the show the Jeff Winger guarantee. But perfectly cromulent for me. Agreed. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go next. Um, I, I think I got to give the same. Uh, I'm also going to give it the perfectly cromulent. It actually. Um, might actually be not my favorite season so far. I think season one and two might still be top tier because of just how well it was made and how they, they really get your hooks into you. Uh, this time around, obviously, they have to introduce a lot more characters. But um, again, I, I think even though they didn't do as many, you know, Miyagi montages or whatnot, um, you know, Pat Morita's character still looms large on this on this show. So like, you're, you're right, then like, I don't, it, it seems to be like they're doing the whole Batman Joker, um, you know, the, we're destined to do this forever kind of thing. Like him, uh, Daniel and Johnny will just, e- e- even though they keep wanting to make up or become uh team up or whatever, they can't seem to get their, their heads together. And you're right, maybe it's, Maybe it's a writing, uh, it's writers or, or the creators' decision that you know once you get once you pass that um, that hump, like what are they going to do? But I mean, you know, not to be too nerdy, but like they've done it with like Professor X and Magneto and and uh, all other characters where they've teamed up and or these villains and these heroes get together and it, it introduces a whole new dynamic. So um, anyway, I, uh, so yeah, perfectly cromulent for me. I think it's a really good season, um, and I, I'm looking forward to again. Looking forward to maybe in a year, if I'm not I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, H, but like I don't know who he's or who's um, when I'm sorry when uh, season five is going to be coming out. But from what I understand, it's supposed it's already done or so they're already working on it. So um, yeah, perfect, uh, perfectly prominent for me. Um, it's kind of for me, it's kind of like the match between Daniel and Johnny, where it they you hit each other in the face at the same time. Um, and I don't know whether to give it the Jeff Winger guarantee or perfectly prominent, um, mainly because I thought it was such a better season than season three. Mm. Like, um, agreed, agreed. like, like the jump from how much better, like the, the, my favorite parts of season three kind of weirdly was like the John Kreese backstory stuff. Cause that stuff was fascinating to me. And I really don't remember much about season three besides that, because nothing was really too memorable. This one, not just because of the whole recency bias, but and it's still fresh in my mind, but like the characters and the storylines are actually pretty strong. And um, yeah, so I'll just go with Perfectly Cromulent for now. It's besides the first season, I think it's better than the second season, actually. Um, okay. So for me, first season than this, because uh, literally because on the strength of Terry Silver, like Terry Silver's like overall menacing character him being there it's just it, it brought the, the show to a new level also just as for a fun thing there is a youtube video of uh daniel larusso saying mr miyagi and you never understand how much he references mr miyagi until you watch that video <laughs> i gotta see this then yeah because you're right like it's almost it's almost coming out every time now but yeah yeah yeah, um, his uh, Mr. Miyagi's uh, gravestone is like his new mecca. Like every season, he has to make a stop over there. 
what do you call it? Uh, one last thing for me that I completely forgot is um a, a favorite moment for me was when um was when uh, Johnny looks at Daniel and says, you know, this guy taught you uh, everything he knows about karate, and you couldn't bother teaching him proper English. Um, is oh. still my favorite part because of all the racist things. Because again, Daniel Russo for some reason is is, is there. It seems like, and I, I've been reading a lot about how there's a lot of there's a movement where people hate Daniel Russo, you know, like in this iteration, and it just seems like they intentionally make him so unlikable. Um, him using the broken English that uh, that um, that uh, Mr. Miyagi does is just hilarious to me. So, um, yeah, he, go ahead, H. Sorry, no, he he has a strange Asian fetish, according to some videos I've seen. Yeah, I mean, he, that eats, sounds weird. By the way, he eats sushi all the time. You know, um, yeah. So it's you're right. It is a little weird. So next part of our episode is a Disney Plus original um, TV show. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we've been covering a lot of uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows, and it's been really successful. Um, you know, WandaVision, um, we, we talked about it really good. Uh, we had, um, uh, I was going to say, uh, Hawkman. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a different show, I guess. Um, Winter Soldier and... Uh, um, Captain America? Yeah. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There you go. Whatever that show was. Um, <laughs> then we had Loki. You know, um, Am I missing any other series that came out? Uh, no, I think you covered the three so far. And hey, we're going to cover the fourth one that they've uh, had on their slate. So Yeah, and so far, th- those three, unless, uh, unless I'm mistaken. Oh, well, technically, what if? But I think that's oh, yeah, what if. So I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, you know, all jumping around, but depending on how uh, Doctor Strange plays it out, I don't know if that's going to be canon, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, all four of those uh, shows, I think, um, it, I don't think any of them ever got the the Jeff Winger guarantee, but, you know, it, we've we've uh, reviewed it pretty well. But, you know, this time around, the the, the newest one, Hawkeye, you know, um, um, you know, uh, starring Clint Barton and um, mm-hmm. and Haley Steinfeld, and and I yes, he is going to be Clint Barton for me um, forevermore. <laughs> um, we're not we're refusing to use his real name, but um, you know, it is the newest Disney Plus series. So uh, let's start from there. You know, um, I'll I'll begin. I have to tell you, I did not have any expectations of this uh, this TV show. Um, unlike Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, uh, unlike um, you know what do you call this, uh, WandaVision, um, you know those two when they were coming out, I was there was an excitement for me, but I don't know. Um, not that I don't like um, Hawkeye, it's not even that, but I just felt like it wasn't um, advertised or it wasn't as publicized as much as the others. Um, it was almost an as an it was almost an afterthought. At least it, that's what I felt like, um, and I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked um, the show. Um, and you know, it it, it I, I think it it's you know one of the beauties of the show is um, just like all the others, um, it it found its niche. It found its um, you know the the version of the TV show that it was supposed to be, and they were able to successfully uh, do it. So um, I wanted to get your 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 thoughts on the the new show Hawkeye. Um, I'll go. I'll I'll go first. Uh, what I liked about it is 
the stakes were not as high as the rest of the shows. And it right. played to that strength really well. Because like WandaVision, WandaVision and Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier all tried to encompass these giant worldwide um, events. And they tried to make it bigger than what it could have been. Whereas this one was literally like, hey, this story is happening in New York City. And it's just involving one crime family. And we're going to stick to that. And I was like, dude, that's what, you know, when you don't swing too hard for like to make the show super epic and you keep like, like I, I always stated that my favorite movies are like the Captain America, so Captain America films, because they're very realistic. They're based in real worlds. And then you had a Falcon and the Winter Soldier where it was just like that too. But then they tried to make it like a little too big. So they're making, you know, they could have uh, finished that up a little cleaner. And then you have Hawkeye here where you have the one guy who everyone was like, I, is he was he missing in Infinity War? Maybe he was. No one really cared at the moment. And then you open um, Endgame with him as a storyline beginner. And it's like, oh, he's a main character now again. And it's like you forget that he is just as much as he's an Avenger. He's also one of the most important people in the world because he keeps everything together. And then, you know, but he's the family man. He's always been the family man. We just never knew it. And then you have that storyline about him being a family man. And just, I just found it more interesting because it was like, let's center the storyline in just one particular place. And then we don't have to go too crazy with it. And then you guys can have fun with it. So that was, that was for me, that was one of the things that I liked most about the story. Yeah. Same here, dude. Um, I really, after, Actually, because if you even think about it, like as much as, as grounded as uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon were, like it's it's technically just a bunch of humans running around, but there's still the element of like super soldiers and they're flying all over the, the world. Uh, this one was definitely a change of pace because like after what time traveling shenanigans with Loki and then reality bending with uh, WandaVision, the fact that it's just a dude with arrows cha- fighting the mafia um with her with his new um sidekick slash new avenger um or young avenger uh it, it's 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 a good p- a change of pace it, it's welcome um i don't i don't remember off the top of my head what the next big uh marvel d plus uh, disney plus show is going to be but yeah it, it was a good change of pace to kind of like take a step back take a breather and like nothing galaxy breaking or anything like that but i do speaking of galaxy breaking or anything like that like i, I do appreciate that it's i like that this series kind of took a took something that uh i don't know if it's a again a, maybe it was just a, a decision by the russo brothers when they did endgame you know the 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 whole ronin uh, uh timeline or the whole ronin uh character arc for for hawkeye was obviously never talked about they never showed it on the on the big screen but uh, and if you think of it they never they didn't really show a lot of it here but at least they explained a lot of it and you know and this this move this movie uh, or this movie, this show actually did a lot more fleshing out of Hawkeye than any of the other uh, movies uh, did beforehand. And not to mention, like, yeah, I think this show, as well as, you know, the Black Widow movie was a great send up to, you know, the whole dynamic between the two of them, between Hawkeye and Black, and Black Widow. And um, it's kind of a, a cute thing or not cute, but it's kind of nice that 
again, uh, more spoilers, obviously, but the fact that there is always just like uh, Joker and Batman and, and I guess Daniel LaRusso and, and Johnny always have to be are destined to do this forever fighting. I guess there's always going to be a Black Widow. and There's always going to be a Hawkeye. So we have new Hawkeye, a new Hawkeye and a new, um, you know, Black Widow uh, starting soon or, you know, coming together now. So it's kind of nice. Um, it's interesting that you mention uh, uh, the Black Widow because you know one of the biggest gripes people had was that um, it's because of the death of Tony Stark. Uh, the Black Widow, you know, but, but Natasha Romanov's death was kind of pushed under, yeah, you know, you know the the rug, and it was never really ever mentioned, uh, considering just how major her role was in that, that you know, in Endgame. Um, and it from the very beginning, it seemed like there was um, a push to, you know, a, a whether it because whether this was a way to appease, um, you know, the the act the actress because of what happened between her and uh, and Disney. Who knows? Or maybe this was just really a story choice. But I love the fact that they were able to bring in Natasha's story, put mm-hmm. closure in it, and at the same time not not really forcing too much because it allows you to be introduced to one of what i what i feel is becoming like it's such a great character um which is yelena romanov you know she i i really liked her from the uh the black widow movie mm-hmm. but um it was very surprising and at the same time a pleasant surprise that she became such a big part of the show um her and Haley steinfield um uh, i really hope that down the line uh, kevin feige has, has realized that this is going to be the new like you know um the odd couple um you know characters that you need to uh, kind of focus either a uh a, a, your own your own disney plus um, original show or maybe even a movie who knows but I really yeah. loved that addition there. Yeah, I think all of the characters played off each other so well. I mean, um, like the interactions between Jeremy Renner and Haley Stanfield were really good, but then it gets up so much when, you know, Yelena shows up. And then any scene with her and uh, Haley Steinfeld was like gold. Like those are clips you can watch for days because it's like you know that there's a mutual respect but at the same time they both have to get their 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 work done do their jobs and that fight that they have was pretty fantastic so like you know big ups to them and showing that there's more to the mcu than just super super powered villains and super powered heroes and then you have the kingpin come in and then just kind of ruin things just a little bit in that yeah, so uh, yeah, let me let me jump on that too, dude. Actually, so I love that how this the series, um, you know, six, eight episodes long, I forget. Um, really kind of, uh, I mean, as uh, we know that every um, what do you call it? Uh, every MCU show and 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 movie is interconnected. But you know, the big looming question we've had, or at least the fanboys have had, is like, what about the Netflix defenders? Like, what is that universe? I have to do with any of it because you know if you do remember the original Daredevil um, series, I mean that was the whole thing. Like Kingpin's character arc there was he was taking uh, advantage of all the destruction at uh, after 
after uh, after New York, after the Avengers fought the uh, um, the Chitari, and how he, you know, uh, Wilson Fisk in, in in the MCU at least, he came to power when he tried to reorganize, um, you know, yeah, organized crime in light of superheroes existing. So that was his whole thing. And so like, okay, so yeah, at the beginning of the premise at least, uh, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's character had ties with the Avengers. But then, you know, if you watch the show, it almost feels like a totally different uh, universe because it's obviously super gritty. The language, the the content, the fact that, you know, he his first kill, Wilson Fisk at least, his first kill is literally decapitating a dude using a, a his uh, SUV's door. So, you know, it shows you how much grittier this uh, this part of their universe is. So seeing him back in Hawkeye was honestly one of the best surprises. Um, you know, I, I think... Um, it's one of those like worst kept secret kind of things that we talked about, like even in, in Spider-Man, how like Andrew Garfield was bending over backwards and saying like, I'm not in this movie. I'm not in this movie. And, you know, D'Onofrio, if you're on Twitter, you know, he will give a nice guy, I'm sure, but he'll tweet out something about, the, uh, about, um, shoot, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but you know, he'll tweet something about the actors from his daredevil run and everybody in his comments will say something like, so w- when will you show up in Hawkeye? When will you be in the MCU? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah. And he would also deny it, but here we are. So, you know, between him and uh, Charlie Cox, that's, that's, that's the daredevil's name, you know, his cameo in Spider-Man. So yeah, it looks like that whole daredevil universe is can- canonically part of the MCU and, you know, I'm sure they're not going to be able to drop as many F-bombs uh, as, as they did on their shows. And maybe the kills are not going to be as brutal. But, um, yeah, it's it's a welcome uh, it's a welcome sight to see Vincent D'Onofrio. Because, honestly, one of the better actors uh, to be cast in these shows. I mean, dude is a uh, an award-winning actor. Uh, and he played Wilson Fisk with such weird, like, gravitas that I'm glad that he was the foil or at least the big bad of the show. I kind of wished um, he was in more, to be honest. is one of those things. It's like, dude, uh, I, I need this guy on screen more. It's kind of like Dennis's Andrew Garfield obsession and, and Far From Home. Like, you just kept waiting for, like, when's, when's Wilson Fisk going to show up again? So, um, but yeah, uh, I love how they, they kind of expanded the universe, but still kind of kept it grounded. Um, for me, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention and uh, about how much I like this is, uh, you know, Jeremy Renner, you know, really, and it's it's like the running gag of the whole TV show, you know, um, of just how forgettable and how much um, you know, people ignored the importance of Hawkeye, you know. Um, but because he was able to be the main focus of the show, aside from Haley Steinfeld, um, I really think Jeremy Renner at least showed to me just how good of a well-rounded person he is because he was mm-hmm. able to become and he was able to be, you know, not just like the the stoic um, you know, archer, but he was able to show depth in his character, which because, the, like you said, there was no big stakes to uh, that was global catastrophe level or anything like that. We were able to see him, you know, just struggling with his, you know, his impending deafness, you know, his, oh, um, yeah. you know, him um, having to struggle, you know, not having to spend time with his family and everything, just small stuff like that really made me enjoy Jeremy Renner even more. Um, you know, I, I think you guys have seen it. One of my favorite, I forget which late night show he, he did, but um, he did um, a, a bit where um, as J- Jeremy Renner d- does a song uh, about uh, about um, Hawkeye, 
that yep. uh, Hawkeye is uh, is a superhero, is super just like everybody else. Have you seen that one yet, Lou? No, I don't think I have, dude. I gotta look that up. Okay, yeah. Listen, you listen to that, and it's him singing, and the basic gist of it is him, um, you know, commenting of uh, just that Hawkeye is a superhero as well, and it the way he sang, and you can see just how good of a performer he is. Uh, it clearly showed in this uh, TV show, which again made me love the show even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like also that's uh, he sings the song to uh, "Thinking Out Loud" by Ed Sheeran. So, and he plays the piano. He's actually a pretty talented musician. Yeah. I think after really? this we have, we, have, we have, after this we have to watch it. Yeah, to watch it together. Uh, funny yeah. aside, but um, my wife loves watching those DIY like home improvement uh, shows. He had apparently he has a background in contracting so he also does that like he built a house or not built but he like renovated a house for his mom here in like in woodland hills so like now that you're telling me he can play the uh, piano and sing what the hell dude come on man i don't know if he was playing the piano but oh, okay but... i think he did i think he did play the piano did he? okay oh, we'll watch the video after i was this. gonna say if if he did if he didn't there was a pretty um impressive uh, acting in his uh in, in his way, <laughs> yeah. and then we have to give credit to uh, Haley Steinfeld because the introduction of a female heroine into any literally male-dominated industry, and especially in the superhero industry, um, it's always going to be difficult because they're always going to like uh, they they're always treated like secondary citizens, yeah. and then to have her stand on her own. Like, even though a lot of it is like, yeah, I'm learning how to be Hawkeye. And then when Hawkeye actually, you know, sees that she's as talented as she can be, like that one scene where they're they're fleeing in the car and he's like, okay, these are the arrows. And he doesn't believe that she, you know, for a second he thinks, oh, maybe she's not going to be able to do the stuff that she says she can do. And then she outright does as good a job as he does. I was like, man, we need more of this girl. Like, yeah, like. The only negative I have about this season so or this series the series in general is how quickly it was wrapped up. Like it was literally like there's so many loose ends that need to be tied up and then they were just like, Oh, yeah, they're tied up. Like at the very end. It's like you finally have very Vera Farmiga in the freaking MCU, yeah, which dude. I've been waiting for for years because she's like this weirdly hot like lady. <laughs> Like, ever since I saw Up in the Air, I was like, dang, kind of digger. And then, you know, she has her stuff in the Godzilla movies, and then, bam, now she's here in the MCU. I didn't, like, when the first episode, I was like, holy crap, she's finally made it. <laughs> it's a, it's like every time you see any character finally make it into the MCU, you're like, I didn't think you're ever going to make it here. But now you're here, and it's like, you get to see it. But, like, their family storyline was super interesting and they could have gone so many ways with it. But at the very last episode, it was like, okay, we're not going to do any of those things that could have been interesting. And we're just going to end it like just like that. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, for those, for the fans, we know why they did, they left it hanging like that. You know, um, down the line, we are going to see her more. But you're right. Um, as as a, a casual person, um, that is definitely like, you, you kind of craved more from that one. So we'll see moving forward, I guess. Um, anything else that um, that either stood out, uh, whether positively or negatively for you guys? 
Mm, I think uh, I, I think I, I agree that this is a great little show. Um, part of me feels though that it was as grounded as it was. It did feel a little um, uh, not to think of it uh, not bloated per se, but there was a lot of side characters that were introduced. I was like, oh, I, I don't know if we could have done without that. Like, I get the introduction of Echo. Uh, you know, I, I um, and I, I do love that the show was a very uh, you know, obvious pro- uh, proponent of like disabilities and how uh, or be, it was very, uh, very ableist or I'm not ableist, but like, you know, they, they were showing how the uh, <laughs> that's not what it's more what I mean, but like, yeah, like, you know, there's how they showed off Hawkeye's, you know, uh, un- uh, unfortunate um, development of his disability, um, how Echo was such an able uh, fighter, even though she, you know, given her her handicap and how like all that was great. But like, um, you know, the LARPers was cute for a bit, but I, I was not a thing. It was like, I don't know how necessary they were there for. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if they really added to anything except for a great excuse for Hawkeye and um, you know, other Hawkeye to get their their, their new costumes. Get um, Bishop. Yeah. Was it what? Kit Bishop. Yeah, Kit Bishop. Yeah, Kit Bishop. I do, I do, I do love Florence Pugh. I, I think I might have a uh, a, a new crush on her because um, I, I think yeah. Uh, did you guys either of you guys? I think uh, Harold seen it. Um, shoot, Fighting with Family, the the great like little uh, biography on uh, the. You're asking. Biography. You're asking if I watched a movie about wrestling. Yeah, my bad. Produced right. by The Rock, and then having a cameo by The Rock. <laughs> so you're saying you've seen it? You're saying you um, haven't said. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no idea. But um, yeah, I and I actually just recently saw Midsummer too, and I think she's like a great actress. She might be actually one of the better ones of this next generation. And like, uh, kudos again to to um, what's that dude's name? Uh, Kevin Feige for putting um, yeah, two really great young actresses on in the MCU, like having Florence Pugh and um and and Haley Steinfeld. Um, to be, you know, the new Hawkeye and Black Widow moving forward, like great stuff, dude. Like in the comic books, obviously, you can have the same Clint Barton and and um, uh, shoot, uh, and, and Black Widow be the same character for decades because you know you can draw them however you want to. But actors obviously age out and get tired of the roles, so I think it's a great moving forward uh, to see them develop their friendship, develop their version of this, you know, this dynamic duo, and kind of going from there. I think my only complaint is there wasn't enough Linda Cardellini. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, yeah. Anytime, yeah, you have, one. anytime you have her in any kind of series and you don't have her, you know, karaoke to push it <laughs> or like <laughs> talking about video games, I can't get sad in about because, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, dude. She's kind of like, um, yeah, she's my Vera for me. Like, we forget that she's in the MCU. And, you know, great revelation that she was also a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent kind of makes sense in retrospect. Like, yeah, how is Hawkeye, uh, you know, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent going to marry some uh, some civilian or some casual? It, it, she had to have been, of course, uh, an agent. So it kind of made sense. And it, it kind of gave fuel for him to, to chase this, uh, you know, his MacGuffin, this Rolex watch that I guess had a uh, secret or, you know, pertinent information about her. So, yeah, I, I like that she was there and. Hopefully, like, I don't know how it ended for me, dudes. Um, like, it obviously came out open-ended. Um, Haley's, um, uh, Kate Bishop, it looks like to be, looks like she's going to be staying with um, Clint Barton on his farm, maybe training, maybe getting better with his her skills as well. But, uh, you know, the, the title card at the last episode ended just like that. Like, 
you know, she's joking around like, oh, what, what am I, what's my name going to be? Like Lady Hawkeye, a Hawkeye girl. And then, and then Jeremy, Jeremy Renner ends with, well, just how about, bam, Hawkeye. It was like, okay, so there you go. So unofficially, officially, you know, she's going to be our new Hawkeye. So I, I don't know if that's it for Jeremy, Jeremy Renner and, and uh, Linda Carlini's characters, but, you know, uh, I love them for the last few years. Uh, great additions, obviously, to the MCU. One of the uh, one of the freaking pillars of it. So yeah, um, looking for. Uh, hopefully, they stick around a little bit more. But if this is the way they end out, at least they're uh, above ground, you know. So uh, unlike a lot of the other <laughs> original uh, Avengers, um, I want um, uh, Clint Barton's daughter to become like uh, the next tax taskmaster or something <laughs> out of jealousy. <laughs> Uh, my 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 father spent was, with her. Yeah, I was right here, Dad. <laughs> Don't you remember, Dad? I disappeared in the middle of a shot. Right? You called me Hawkeye, and you give this this yeah. younger. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you're right, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, man. you know, you know. The thing that made me crack up the most was the whole like. So they have the story in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where it's like you acknowledge that these guys are Avengers but at the same time you don't treat them any differently um, like they're just regular tax paying citizens and then you have the dichotomy and you know whatever we're going with this but like where uh, because Hawkeye is one of the original Avengers they treat him like a celebrity and he gets invited to the musical and then the part that cracked me up was the whole and then wasn't even there <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> exactly oh man so it's like it, it it that was kind of cool. Like I, I mean, him getting bothered in the bathroom. Like now that him being, that's what was kind of strange to me. At the same time, was like more people didn't recognize him, like on the street. Because I would like if the Avengers were in real time here, and I saw any Avenger like walking down the street, I'd be like, dude. And so, like, bothered the crap out of him for the rest of his time. I I, I think uh, the the three of us. Would 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 focus on like the minor character like Clint Barton? Oh, for sure. You know, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, everybody knows who Thor is, but you know, we're, we're fanboys and uh, we would be fanboying over Clint Barton. Um, uh, anything else that you can think of? Oh, uh, wow! I can't believe. Um, I, I think it has something has to be said about Rogers in the musical because of oh, so- <laughs> of how Absolutely. amazingly terrible that 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 musical was. And the fact that that was your end credits, like uh, surprise, and you you do like what is it, two minute or three minute? Like that's the thing was that's why I taped it into the chat. Like the greatest end credit ever was not that they showed the song, like oh, like here's a little clip of the song. They showed the whole thing. Like I was like, oh, they're gonna cut it. No, they went the whole song. Like it went the whole time through. And I was like, you know what? It's surprisingly catchy. Did you guys read the article about the um the person that that wrote the the musical? That he was trying to no. write the worst song ever. So he was he's been getting a lot of not death threats or anything, but he's been getting a lot of like negative comments online about how terrible the music oh. was. <laughs> You know, but he's like, dude, we were intentionally trying to come up with the worst musical yeah. ever. And, and he's like, nobody understands that that was what we were going for. <laughs> oh, man, that's yeah, that's uh, what, what do you call it? Like, tongue firmly in cheek kind of thing. So it's like, OK. 
So clearly, you know, we talk about, um, you know, filthy casuals out there and uh, the, uh, the the biggest problem we have is sometimes. And clearly those are the people who are like, oh, you know, like 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 the guy was talking about how people were pointing out that, uh, you know, uh, the inaccuracies of the show that, as you said, Ant-Man wasn't there. And, and he was like, that was the point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my dorky aside, though, is the guy who sings the most. I have to look him up. Uh, Adam Pascal is the guy who sings uh, one of the singers on that. Uh, on the thing. He wasn't any of the characters, but he was actually one of the fir- uh, one of the original cast members from Rent. So when I saw him, they were like, yes, I am there, dude. <laughs> like, I am all in on this now. <laughs> Well, screw the I, haters. I, I love this so much. <laughs> I love the fact that you were able to pull out Anthony Fiscal or whatever his name is, but you couldn't remember Natasha Romanov. No, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Said, but yeah, he was in whatever her name is. Whatever that lady's name is. Like, but yeah, but the guy from happened, the, the have... original guy from Rent. Damn it. <laughs> Put some respect on his name. Yeah, um, that might have been one of the po- the few post credits that like I actually got on my phone and texted my sister, who's also a big rent nerd. And was like, the Venn diagram of rent nerds and MCU nerds, like it's you and me, my sister. <laughs> this is this this post credits is for us. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so let's um, let's wrap this up with our. Um, I keep on forgetting the word. Our, our yeah, rating. Rating, rating there you go. rating so um i started it off last time who wants to start off the rating of hawkeye here um is it a um a jeff winger guarantee is it a crime perfectly crime or cromulent is it i was gonna add meh but uh, <laughs> i don't think i don't think meh was 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 part of our uh our um our, our, our categories yeah so um go for it uh, I'll go first. Yeah, dude. Um, I think this is going to be another uh, cromulent for me. Uh, perfectly cromulent. I mean, um, not exactly. You know, it, I, I'm saving. I'm saving. Uh, Jeff Winger guarantee for like that one Disney Plus show that's going to make people who don't have a subscription make me want to tell them go get a subscription just to watch the show. So unfortunately, this one's not quite there yet. Like this is definitely a great show if you've been catching or if you've been. You know, if you've been watching and keeping track of all the uh, Marvel movies as well as even the Netflix movies, you know, like even um, I mean, there is still a demographic of people who've only seen the movies and, and have never seen, you know, the Defenders on on Netflix. So, yes, obviously, if you watch CSI or if you know or Law and Order, uh, not CSI, but Law and Order, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio, the, the actor. But if you didn't know anything about his background or how significant it is that you know this large man is you know the, the kingpin is introduced at like the second to last episode like you wouldn't really kind of get what what the big deal is so you know it, it's it's a it's a great show for those who've been um keeping along but not like amazingly mind-blowing and it wasn't obviously the worst either um i i don't know if it's time yet to start ranking the disney plus shows uh you, there's only been four i think I think Moon Knight, and now I'm thinking about it, I think it's either Moon Knight is coming next because I think that I've already seen like promotional, or not promotional, but like leaked photos of, of Oscar Isaac as as the character. And, uh, or is it She-Hulk that's coming next? Because I think She-Hulk even that has, is it She-Hulk? Yeah, because I think there was a teaser already for it for like the Disney Plus teaser. There's like, 
snippets of, of, of the actress already uh, in fully green costume or um, CGI. Uh, maybe by the, maybe by when the fifth live action Disney plus show uh, shows up, we'll, we'll start ranking the top the, these first five uh, shows, but yeah, um, definitely one of the better ones. Uh, I, just like what we've already talked about. I love that it is grounded. It is definitely one of the, you know, it's, it's actually got live stakes that, you know, I, I kind of love the fact that, you know, Jeremy Renner kind of took the diehard route. Like homie got, scratched up got beat up got bruised up um unlike yeah unlike thor or captain america who would like oh you know i fell off a building i'm just gonna walk it off kind of thing like homie spent episodes like bandaged up or he's putting like frozen peas on his head because yeah he took a he, he took a, a punch and he doesn't recuperate he's not wolverine so i was like okay i like it i i appreciate that um so yeah uh definitely cromulent or uh, perfectly cromulent for me one of the better ones but um yeah not quite perfect yet uh you you said people would know Vincent D'Onofrio from CSI, and you're like, did you never watch Men in Black or Full Metal Jacket? That's true. You're right. Well, <laughs> that's the first thing you thought of was like, no, no, yeah. Dude. By the way, it's Law and Order. It's Law and Order. I, I think he's in Law and Order. Right? It was Law and Order. Yes, that's right. But yeah. still, yeah. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Full Metal Jacket. Yes. One of the best things ever. Um, yeah, for me, it's it's not perfectly common. It's cromulent. If you never had seen the show, you wouldn't have missed out too, on too much, I think. Um, it's kind of the same way how, like, um, if you had never seen Black Widow, you wouldn't have missed too much with missing the MCU, even though it's a great movie. Um, in the long, in, like, the scheme of things, there's only one character that they're developing from that sh- from that movie, and she's one of the stars in this show. Yeah. So it's like... Um, uh at the same time it, it it was really fast it it played really well i i kind of wish that there was just more to do for more characters um but it was fun stuff i can't wait to see how the characters progress and i think it could get better um i actually really enjoy this movie uh, the, the show um and you know f- coming from a different perspective um you know my my daughter rarely like uh, she 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 watches the mcu stuff but she's not that she's um the stakes aren't that high for her you know if she misses a uh, uh if she misses a a movie she, it, it's no you know, it's not nothing for uh, she's not like sad about it but um you know when uh, i don't know if i told you so when she watched shang chi uh, shang chi like captured her imagination um you nice. know whether, whether it's because of the representation that um and inherently she recognized it uh, to the point where she actually like um you know what the first time i've ever seen her actually watch like a behind the scenes um the, the behind the scenes show and everything and um when she watched and this was a movie a show where she initially didn't want to watch it um when she realized what it was she actually watched through it and i have to tell you of all the shows that were Disney Plus shows, this was the first show that I actually rewatched. I have not rewatched any of the other oh. Disney, Disney Plus shows. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, this is the first Jeff Winger guarantee that I'm going to give oh. in our. Uh, oh, okay. Um, and one of the. Yeah. the uh, so, um, reason, what my daughter. Secondly, is I like the fact that it didn't have. Again, you mentioned it before. Um, it the fact that it didn't have really have any um stakes to it, I think makes it even better for casuals to jump in because sure. it is just another action show. It is another uh, you know, and so 
Um, my daughter didn't understand who um, Kingpin was because she never watched Daredevil. Um, you know, but she was fascinated how the, this big guy that was able to like throw around you yeah. know, Hawkeye. You know, um, she, uh, she, uh, you know, you. Uh, how often do you have a um, a show in Disney where you have a training montage? You know, um, like I, I loved them, you know, drinking while trying to create those trick arrows. Now, just moments like that, I uh, I actually stopped after watching it. I actually rewatched it again. The first time in the four four shows, even What If, after watching What If, I was like, you know what? That was good. Didn't bother watching it ever again, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to be giving this a Jeff Winger guarantee, my first one. Nice. Oh, very cool. nice. Respect so, that. Uh, you know, that is it for us today, you know. Um, oh, I got one more thing real quick. Oh, okay. Here we go. No, it's, not, it's just, it's uh, one of those things that I think we just really kind of talk about because it's kind of a, a, a person that was kind of pretty significant in a lot of things that I liked. Um, the passing of Bob Saget. Oh, yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, you're right. Completely. Because yeah. if we're talking about like, uh, we've been talking about TV series and we have to talk about one of the series that at least personally, I watched every friday uh that being full house and then every sunday watching america's funniest home videos and his uh passing very untimely also i'd never even thought about it too much until i realized earlier this week that i watch how i met your mother every night before i go to sleep and every episode of how i met your mother opens with bob saget talking because he's the older ted mosley so uh yeah, just uh want to give some props to Bob Saget, funny guy, um, and just a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned that and that that he's a funny guy because, you know, growing up it, because of the fact that he was in Full House, um, and that he was in America's Funniest Videos. Growing up, you always, at least for me, I always had this vision of Babs. Bab, Bob Saget as a, uh, it's, a good, it's a good thing that's the, the that's the word that I mispronounced. Uh, <laughs> you were you so know. close, <laughs> man. It could have gotten um, wrong so many ways. So many ways, but um, you know, Bob Saget had this notion of he's a he's a dad joke comedian. You know, he's 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 not you know he's a kid. He's not really that funny. Um, it wasn't until later on after after the fact that I realized just how funny Bob Saget was. Um, have you ever watched the aristocrats? The yes, I have. No, just I have for, not. Just I for him. Just Google just for Bob or go YouTube Bob Saget's version of the aristocrats. It's amazing. You know, um, just seeing just how filthy and how hilarious and how his mind works. When I first watched that that uh, that movie, um, I think at least four times I like repeated that section over and over <laughs> and over again yeah. because of how funny and, and just his comedic timing. Um, you and you don't get and you don't appreciate because of what all you know majority of the people were introduced to was the you know Danny Tanner you know mm-hmm. and not yeah. Bob Saget himself so yeah you're right um um uh, definitely a loss to the 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 comedy um you know uh, uh comedy uh, folks and it's it's always telling what, when somebody dies like this it's always telling and just uh, uh, the reaction to everybody and if you you know I, like i think the day first day or two you see all these 
respected comedians. Um, just like in tears, just uh, devastated at the loss of this guy. Um, kind of shows you just the impact that he's had um, in his 65 years of life. Yeah. And also his uh, cameo in Half-Baked. One of the best scenes God ever created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there's a whole generation of us adults who grew up on Bob Saget and his comedy styling. So yeah, definitely a loss for, for pop culture, for comedy and just for entertainment in general. And um, I, I think we kind of gloss over it because obviously we've been off uh, for <coughs> holiday break, but yeah, uh, also lot, we lost another great comedian and pop culture icon, icon of Betty White, like a few days before that. So uh rough start to uh, 2022. What the hell? What the hell dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, Chill. Why couldn't they take quickly, care of Oh, because he's he's funny. <laughs> he signed but the deal also, with the devil, that's why. <laughs> Bob, Bob Saget, because of him, I could never call the character from Street Fighter 2 and onwards, Louis' favorite character, <laughs> My <Sagat>. main. <laughs> I, I can't call him Sagat. Because it's Bob Saget. It's okay. <laughs> I literally, every t- like I still do it now to this day. We've been playing the game for 30 years. The guy will always be Saget to me. <laughs> Ryu versus Saget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. As well. long as you don't call him Bob, I guess that's... Yeah. <laughs> Only his friends Love. call him that. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Robert Saget. Robert Saget was his actual full name. <laughs> that was his uh, government name right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode today. Um, you know, plenty of, uh, plenty of uh, material that's coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we have Peacemaker that just made its debut. Uh, we still have, um, you know, a lot of movies that is coming up. So I look forward to a lot of reviews because, you know, just like me, I love reviews. Uh, but <laughs> if you want to listen to any of our older episodes, especially the ones where we re- we review stuff, uh, please take a look at the two fanboys, one castle.podbean.com for all of our oldies but goodies. Yep. And on Facebook, uh, you can find us uh, just put in the search bar two fanboys and a filthy casual nice and spelled out follow our page follow our uh fun and active group page as well anytime the podcast goes live we'll be posting it there and on the group uh shout out uh, to all the very active and very fun uh fellow nerds geeks gamers and uh and nerds out there who uh keep that group kind of going on daily and then on twitter instagram and i can't believe i'm saying this on tiktok yeah you can find us at two fanboys one casual our first tiktok is up it's of lewis yeah and it's gotten a lot of views for some reason oh lord but uh Dude, just like our lewis, instagram dude. page it's lewis and um then you can find our podcast anywhere you find your regular podcast and then catch us gaming at twitch.tv slash casual fanboy gaming yeah lewis, kudos lewis. to harold for oh yeah go ahead dude. um so tiktok idea we're gonna get you the um the cobra kai um, uh, um gi and you're going no. to um, you're gonna like take it off and start fighting like uh, Robbie. That's gonna <laughs> be your next run. You can borrow the gi that my mom made in 2007. There you go. Wow. There you go, buddy. <laughs> that's how long I've been cosplaying. Might as well guy. use you as a as as eye candy now that and you've uh, <laughs> now that you've lost all the weight. Oh lord. Um. Yeah, dude. Uh, can we at least? Do you, is there any word if they're actually gonna sell those boxes from Cobra dude, Kai? Because, dude, I I want a sweater. I just want the sweater, bro. I just want like, the, the box. Fact, I the want the box because that, that box is it, cool. It has right? a Cobra Kai with a champion logo on it, and you obviously your son knows, and everybody else who knows. I'm all about the champion logo. 
And yeah. <laughs> like having those two worlds clash, I was like, as soon as it popped up, I was like, I know you guys aren't at the episode yet, but I want that merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that sponsorship deal is a match made in heaven. So good job, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Whenever it's down, I'm down. Yeah. Okay, that's it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode. This is two fanboys in the phone This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. 